Today marks 60 years since Betty and Barney Hill, a New Hampshire couple, were allegedly abducted by aliens. It was the first widely publicized report of an alien abduction in the U.S. And as I came to learn, it shaped perception and popular culture. Not to carry it too far, but they were kind of the, you know, the Adam and Eve of alien abduction. A quiet, unassuming New Hampshire couple with a story that would shape what's out of this world. Welcome back to another banger of an episode. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. It is Sunday at noon, or if hopefully if my recording stuff works out, Sunday sometime. All right. Now, before we get into this, I am your host with the most Dusty McBalls, a.k.a. the certified cougar hunter, a.k.a. the man with the biggest testicles alive. Yes, me. The biggest of them. The baddest of them, too. All right? It's like that man in Africa with that fucking testicle sack. I don't know what I'm talking about. Let's forget about that. Okay, so today we have an amazing story. Probably my favorite story. Well, my favorite alien story. Yes, we are talking about aliens. Okay, go grab your little Area 51 alien that you have in the attic and bring him on down. Alright, he's going to listen. We're going to force him to listen, alright? Because if we're watching over him, that's what's going to happen. Okay, we're going to force him to listen to the Rainy Day Horror Show and Dusty McBalls talk about a fucking alien story that may or may not be true. Now, this is up for you to decide, Okay. And what we're going to do is we're going to have some fun, all right? Make sure, make sure those Crocs are set in adventure mode, all right? Make sure you have a Capri Sun, Kool-Aid Jammer, or, or a High C juice box, or whatever the fuck you feel like drinking. Make sure you got some popcorn, because this is a good fucking story, all right? So, today's story is the Betty and Barney alien abduction story. Now... Before we get into it, it took place in the 60s. I think it was between 61 and 64. I can't remember. I didn't write it down, and I don't know why. All right? Now, this experience kicked off Project Blue Book that investigated UFO sightings not only across the world, but you could, I guess you could say across the universe because we're looking for aliens. All right? This story became the first ever widely publicized alien abduction encounter and would shape the majority of stories like it and would kick off worldwide debates about alien encounters. This story wasn't only life-changing, but it would also change the course of history. So, as the story goes, Betty and Barney Hill were coming home from a spontaneous road trip. All right, now Barney worked a grueling night shift at the post office. All right, time out. I work for UPS, used to, all right? We're on my UPS, FedEx, and Postal Service Act. People, please stand up. <laughs> round, of round of applause because that shit sucks and I'm happy I'm out of it. Oh my God. Now, he would drive 60 miles each way to and from work. Now, Betty's job wasn't any easier. She worked for the state handling child welfare cases. Now, while their time was mainly consumed by work, the little free time they did have, they spent it at the church and participating in civil rights movements. Yes, 
We have interracial couple. Will my interracial couples please stand up? Now, before I go any further, this, like I said earlier, this story does take place in the 60s. So I could only imagine what Betty and Barney went through after releasing the story. Not only because they're an interracial couple, but because they're an interracial couple with an alien story. And I bet they, not a lot of nice things was done for them or given to them. So... Now, as the story goes, they were only married for roughly six months. And this trip and this encounter was their delayed honeymoon. Now, they were going to go to Montreal and Niagara Falls, not planning on meeting the tall gray people. Okay. Now, they left so impulsively that they had only $70 for this trip because the banks were closed for the weekend. This encounter happened on the last night of their three-day trip. They were chilling, just chilling, hanging out in a Vermont diner, getting energized, drinking some coffee, getting some food for the drive home. Now, they were trying to rush home to beat the rain from an approaching hurricane. So Barney and Betty left the diner around 10 p.m., hoping they'd get to their house in New Hampshire between 2 and 3 a.m. September 19, 1961. Bonnie and I'm driving home from Montreal. Saw a strange light in the sky. We changed directions, came in, started following us. In an area known as Indian Head, it came out over the highway, stopped in Midaya. Now as they started driving home, they noticed a strange light in the sky. At first, they thought it was just a shooting star, nothing too major. But as they drove each mile, the thing kept getting closer and closer, and not only closer, but bigger and bigger, like a penis. What? Now Barney, an ex-World War II vet, reassured his wife that it's just a satellite, that it probably went off course, but the light seemed to move wherever the car went, and it just wasn't like on a clear straight road. It went down like a curvy mount road and the light would zig and zag and it would duck behind trees only to reappear moments later. And sometimes it looked like it was coming at them. Well, the next thing you know, they pulled over at a road stop slash like picnic turnout to get a closer look at whatever this fucking light was. Now, the couple had a pair of binoculars, so Betty grabbed them and looked through them. And what she saw was unexplainable. Betty saw the light, but not only did she see the light, she saw a spinning object within that light. So, she then looked to her husband, Sir Barney, and said, Barney, if you think that's a star or a satellite, you're being ridiculous. Now, Barney knew she was right, solely based on their surroundings. The night was way too quiet and the object made zero noise. Like, if it was a plane and it was the dead of night, you'd be able to hear a plane. So, that kind of ruled out in his head, like, if it was this close, I would be able to hear it. It's close enough for me to hear it. So he's like, it's not a plane, it's not a helicopter. So, after that assumption, he's like, well, let's get in the fucking car. And after they got in the car, they started driving again. 
So now, as they're driving, they're roughly 70 miles away from the diner. Then, all of a sudden, the object, the UFO, was 100 feet above their car. Next thing you know, Barney stops the car, grabs his gun, puts it in his pocket, and rushes into a dark field, leaving Betty in the car. Chivalry at its finest. Give me a hell yeah! I said give me a hell yeah! But what he saw would scare any human being. Barney got out with the binoculars in an attempt to identify this craft. You know, the old-fashioned straw hats that men used to wear, the flat crown and brim, that's what it was shaped like. And then, along one side, it had a big, big picture window. And it was had uh, dividers in it. And as he's looking up at it, and he could see people standing in the windows looking down at him, and the craft began to descend, and he had the feeling they were trying to kidnap him. He ran back to the car, he was speeding down the highway to avoid capture. What he saw was as big as a jet, but as flat as a pancake. Behind the rows of windows, he saw gray uniformed beings looking directly at him. In defense, he tried reaching for his gun in his pocket, but he couldn't. He then heard a voice telling him not to put his binoculars down. Yelling hysterically, he booked it to his car like any normal human being and barreled down the road as Betty took track of the UFO. She was looking at it through the window, seeing if it was following them. And oh boy, it was following them. Then, without any explanation, a loud rhythmic set of beeps came from the trunk. Then instantly, the couple became drowsy and lost consciousness, then woke up two hours later and 35 miles down the road. And after that, nothing happened. When they reached their house in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, they tried making a sense of what happened, but they couldn't come up with anything. In the weeks and the months after the encounter, Betty was checking out books from the library because she was an avid reader. And she discovered a civilian UFO group, National Investigations Committee on Airline Phenomena, NICAP for short. She also reported the experience to the Air Force because she was worried about radiation. And then this is where Project Blue Book, whoa, Hold on, butchered that. This is where Project Blue Book was born. And like I said earlier, Project Blue Book expands and researches all the UFO activity on the world. Well, in the world, specifically in the U.S., but you get what I mean. Now, in the next couple of years, Betty started suffering from disturbing dreams and Barney started suffering from anxiety and developed ulcers. So, the scared couple sought out mental health experts. The couple ended up meeting Ben Simon, a psychiatrist and neurologist who specialized in hypnosis, which was a mainstream practice at the time, next to 
Um, what's it? Were they electroshock therapy? That's what I was thinking of. Betty Hill also undergoes hypnosis, designed to recall what happened that night. Trance Betty, in a deep, deep sleep, deep asleep, fully relaxed, far asleep. Under hypnosis, Betty remembers everything. Through the months of weekly sessions, Ben was able to help the couple piece together what happened that night. So, this is what was said. A vessel landed on their car, putting them to sleep. Afterwards, gray beings led them up a ramp into the spacecraft. Once inside, they were then separated and were taking turns going in and out of examination rooms. Now, to paint you a picture of what these examination rooms looked like, they had curved walls and large lights hanging from the ceilings with a metal table in the center. Now, these tables were so short that Barney's legs hung off the table at his knees. Now, during these examinations, they stripped Barney and Betty naked, took their clothes, said, you can't have them. And then they took hair, nail, and skin samples, then put those samples in the clear material, but it wasn't glass. I don't know what material it was, but it just, it said it wasn't glass. Now, a little while later, Betty was alone with the leader, and she asked him where they came from, and he laughed and said, And I quote, If you have no idea where you are, there wouldn't be any point of telling you where I am. But later, when she was under hypnosis, she drew a star map that was shown to her on the ship. Talk to me about the features in here and what you remember. I mean, look at this one's face in particular. Tell me yeah. what we see I mean, there. you can see they're very human appearing. Yeah. Only here, you know, the eyes are wider spaced than ours. Okay. See? Right. The nose is smaller and yeah. a thin slit for a mouth. No hair, no protruding part of the ear. We were taken on board, and they were, we were told to relax, no harm was going to come to us, and we did. And they did some testing of both Barney and me, and uh, showed me the star map of where they were from. Then finally, in 1965 in Boston, the Boston newspaper picked up the story, making their experience public for the whole world to see, and now they're famous. Eventually, a Boston reporter picked up their story, and readers went crazy to learn more. They went public, basically to try to own their story, because, you know, they were kind of thrust into the limelight without their permission. And after that, basically, their lives changed forever. And so did the course of history, with Project Blue Book coming out, and it just started a whole like people were then making either making up their own stories about alien abductions or they were actually being abducted and were speaking out about it now with this experience that betty and barney went through books were made about it movies started coming out about their encounter and now after that, once it went public, they started seeing a bunch of like doctors, psychiatrists, neurologists, blah, 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 blah. Like whatever doctor, they were trying to see them. And most of them called them crazy. And one reason was that Betty just was having really bad dreams about, I don't know, aliens, I guess. And they said that Barney was giving into her dreams because he had PTSD, so he believed them. And then they made up this whole story 
about it, and a lot of people didn't believe them. They said that it just, no way, right? Now, the only people that did believe them was NICAP, for obvious reasons, because they explored that shit. Now, as the years went on, Betty and Barney still claimed, like, that's what fucking happened, and according to Betty, multiple, she would, hold on, whoa, she was visited multiple times for the past decade, like, the past, how do I explain it, the past few decades, she was alive, like, the aliens would come to her, and she said that on her deathbed, and Betty Hill ended up dying in October 17th, of 2004 at the age of 85 due to lung cancer and Barney died February 25th 1969 at the age of 46 but I couldn't find what he died from and that is the end of this lovely alien story I, ha I hope you enjoyed it I thought it was really cool like that was good. It was a good alien story. It's better than the one that I did on the one that took place in Kentucky, I think, personally. Oh, my God, there's a Trump flag coming out. That's funny. Um, now, yeah, he had a lifted truck, everything. He's got small dick energy. It's okay, though. We don't need to talk about it, all right? It's just me and you. Just me and you are talking, all right? I hope you had a wonderful week, you know? I did. I had a great week. I'm binge-watching American Horror Story. I'm on season three, Coven. That shit is so good. I have never seen it before. And I am so happy I started watching it. Because that shit is so good. Um, how'd my work week go? Thank you for asking. Um, my work week was lackluster, boring, stupid. I wanted to put my hand in a press machine and just fucking press my hand off. Because then I wouldn't have to work and I could claim workers comp and not have to be there. That would have been awesome, but I probably shouldn't speak that into the universe because now I'm going to actually lose my fucking hand. I'd rather lose, a, if we're talking real business, I'd rather lose a leg over a hand. Okay, you know what I would do with the little prosthetic leg? I'd make it into like a fish tank. You know, I'll get plexiglass around the side and then like have the, like the filtration and shit in my foot. And then like, yeah, bro, that'd be so sick. I'd have Barry the goldfish just floating around in my leg. It'd be so sick. Um, I got paid on Thursday. I get paid weekly on my job. Shit sucked. Didn't get paid what I wanted to. So I'm still fucking broke. Um, I was supposed to... Well, I'm going to. Stay tuned. Um, I'm going to go to a haunted asylum in Duluth, hopefully. Soon here. But, you know, money's tight right now. Um, hopefully we'll get that sorted out, though. Um, I bought the original Nightmare Before Christmas movie poster and Motel Hell, if you haven't seen that. That is on my Instagram, and my Instagram is at the Rainy Day Horror Show or Dusty McBalls. I also have an email now, so if you want to send me your own horror stuff, okay, it's at... The Rainy Day Horror Show 69 at gmail.com. And I will gladly take your submissions. Um, but yeah, no. 
I'm yeah no I'm just chilling um yeah sorry for the shameless for the shameless plug of my Instagram accounts you know I have to do it I know it's fucking annoying all right I watch YouTube I know how annoying it is to say subscribe to my channel if you want to see more make sure to hit the notification bell so you yeah I know how fucking annoying that is okay but it's part of my job so I don't know I don't know what else to tell you but yeah I hope your week went great I hope you got paid more than me probably did and I hope you at least treated yourself your well ugh. and I hope you at least treated yourself to something nice you know go buy that Louis Vuitton bag I know you want it listen I'm not enabling your bad money choices but like come here listen to me go out and buy it you deserve it all right I want you to be happy all right now, that is it. This was a lot quicker than I thought it was going to be. I thought this was at least going to be like a 40-minute long video, but it's not. And now I'm just rambling, so sorry. I'm being annoying. So I'm just going to cut it off here. Um, remember, stay frosty, stay foxy, and the most important thing in the fucking world, stay safe, okay? I don't want to hear a bad st I don't want you in my podcast because you know I will. You know I will put you in the podcast. If you go out and you get your hand fucking chopped off by a serial killer, I'm putting you in here. Okay? Sorry, not sorry. Alright? Alright. I love y'all. I hope you guys are doing well. I'll see you Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday for my Reddit horror story. And then we'll be back. More certified bangers of an episode. I love y'all. See y'all Tuesday. Deuces. Well, uh, when it, when it comes to aliens, uh, there's some things I just can't tell you uh, on air. The, tr the truth is that when I came into office, I asked, right? I, I was like, all right, you know, is there the lab somewhere? You know, they did a little bit of research and uh, uh, the answer was no. But what, what is true, uh, and I'm, I'm actually being serious here, is, is that uh, there are, uh, there's footage and records of objects in the skies that we don't know exactly what they are. We can't explain. <laughs>